go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we your word this morning, I pray that you would teach us and instruct us, especially in moments where we feel like you're not there with us. Feel like you've abandoned us and your presence has gone away from us. May we remember what we've studied, the reality that our feelings can deceive us. Affirm the reality that your presence is always with us. The truth that your spirit rests in us. That promise that you've given of your spirit. God, when we face situations that seem out of control, I pray that you would be enough. And that you would remind us that we have no reason to be afraid, no reason to fear, because you are there. So God, as we study, open our hearts, receive your word, and our ears to hear, and our minds to understand, so that we may draw close to you and experience your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, tells us that Jesus had spent a long day teaching on a hillside near the sea. When evening had come, he told his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So Jesus and his disciples left the crowd that was surrounding them, His disciples took Jesus along with them in a boat. There were other boats with them as they began their journey to cross the sea. See, after a long day of teaching, darkness had descended. Jesus had decided it was time to move. They gathered and set out across the Sea of Galilee. Now, there's something that we must grasp if we're going to understand this passage. And the reality is I can't see you and you can't see me, so I'm trusting that y'all aren't sleeping. Just bear with me. Something that we need to understand here to fully grasp what's going on. Yes, among the followers of Jesus, there were fishermen in the group, men who were accustomed to navigating the waters and being in boats, But, if we understand the Word of God, we understand this reality. Many times, often, when the sea is referenced in the Bible, it has negative connotations. The reality is, with God's people, the Jews, they are not sea sailors. They're desert dwellers. Abraham was a shepherd. Israel wandered in the desert. David spent much time in the wilderness. The sea was threatening and dangerous. The sea contained beasts and evil. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that in the beginning the world was watery chaos, which God brought order to. The earth, or God's creation, rested on the seas in Psalm 24, and with His power God controlled it, Psalm 104. See in Scripture that floodwaters were a sign of God's judgment, and even Jonah was thrown into its depths and only rescued upon his repentance. 
sea was home to the horrible dragon, Leviathan, symbolized pagan nations. The sea was dangerous, treacherous, evil, and dark. Jesus directed them to go. Set out on the sea. Why? Cross over to the other side. As they were crossing the sea, a great windstorm arose. The waves broke over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. The reality is, as they were journeying across the sea, the storm came. This was not any ordinary storm. The word used literally is that of a hurricane force wind storm. And as Jesus and the disciples were crossing, a great storm arose. So much so that the boat was being swamped. It was being filled with water. As they crossed, something happened. They were surrounded by danger and destruction. They found themselves in a situation beyond their control, at the mercy of the elements, and at the precipice of death. And where was Jesus? Well, if we keep reading, we learn that he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So as the disciples frantically searched and tried to figure out what was going on and how they were going to survive, they noticed, where's Jesus? He's not there. And as they looked for their master, they found him asleep. And they cried out, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? In their moment of despair, when the environment around them had become too much for them to handle, Jesus was absent. Or was he? He was there, but he was asleep. And they immediately confronted him and his lack of concern for their well-being. And Jesus woke up. And Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased. There was a great calm. See, when the disciples cried, Jesus responded. Jesus rebuked the wind. He silenced the sea. Think about that. The great evil in the world. Treacherous, dangerous place with a word Jesus silenced. That word, be silent or be still, literally means to tie shut or to muzzle. Jesus here was addressing the elements as if they were demonic. If you remember, we talked about that last week, these demonic forces in the world. With a word, Jesus silenced the demonic sea. This theme that appears throughout Judaism their belief system, the dangerous evil see Jesus silenced with but a word. He didn't stop there. Just turned to his followers. Guess what he did? 
didn't just rebuke the sea. He rebuked his disciples. He said to them, Why are you afraid? You still have no faith? Then his disciples were terrified, not because of the sea, because it was calm, not because of the wind, because it was gone. They were terrified because of Jesus. Because they realized he was Lord of the seas. And they said this. Who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. See, for them, the situation seemed out of control. These men had chosen to set aside their lives and to follow Jesus. And this is where they had ended up. In a boat in the sea. I would have known that when he called me. I said, no thanks, Jesus. Yet they were there, about to die at sea in the midst of a storm. They have reason to be afraid? No. Do we? No. Even in the darkness around us, when the storms roll in, we have no reason to fear. If we would only hear the word of the Lord, if we would only trust the word of the Lord, we have no reason to be afraid even in the midst of the storm, even when it appears that God had abandoned us, even when it appears that hope has been lost. Why do you say? Well, let's reflect quickly on this passage. Why do we have no reason to fear when it seems like circumstances are out of control? Number one, Jesus promised that we would make it to the other side. This account, Jesus says, it's dark, so let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. See, my friends, we can trust Jesus at His Word. And when He says something in His Word, we can believe it in our hearts. The reality is Jesus' plans never fail us. He did not always promise an easy trip. But one thing He does promise is that we will make it to the other side. We have faith in Him. Not only that, there's a reality that even though the disciples didn't think this, it's true, Jesus was with them, and He's with us today. If we put our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, He's with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Verse 36 in this account tells us that as they left the crowds, the disciples took him with them in the boat. Knew he was there. In the moment of crisis or panic, they conveniently forgot how easily we do the same today. It's ironic that they had witnessed his power on display in front of people, but when they were in need, they conveniently forgot who he was and what he can do. There's no reason to fear. We need to remember this, that Jesus is with us. and He will not leave us nor forsake us. And lastly, it's very important that we understand this. Even in the midst of chaos, when it's dark and there's no hope, it doesn't shake Jesus. He's at peace. Think about it. When the storm descended upon them, 
and their boat was filling with water, and darkness was enveloping them, what was Jesus doing? Help me out. He was asleep. He was asleep. Jesus was at peace. He was not stressed. He was in complete control. And trust in the Savior who has power over the elements, over the darkness, over the evil forces of this world. Why should we stress when He's not, when He's already gained the victory? We must remember this reality when we go through seasons of struggle in our lives. Ironically, the greatest danger in moments of uncertainty have nothing to do with external pressure. The reality for you is the greatest danger in your heart, in your life, is not the storm around you, it's in the heart within you, your unbelief. See, our greatest problem in the world is not war, it's not anger, it's not jealousy or strife, it's not circumstances beyond our control. The greatest danger to our own lives and our own future is our own heart, the unbelief that we hold within us. When the darkness has enveloped us, when the storm sets in and God seems silent, how are you going to respond? Are you going to panic? Question God's purpose? God's plan for your life? Or will you trust in the promises of God? Are you going to question God's presence and concern for your life? Or will you remember that He is in the boat with you? Are you going to allow the uncertainty around you and the unbelief within you to dominate you? Or will you rest in the peace of God for you? He is able. He is able. Trust Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word incredible power that you have for us. You rest on us. God, as we've discovered, as we've studied the reality that darkness around us doesn't stand a chance against you. Even in those moments of our lives when we feel like you've left us, Remind us that those feelings in our heart can deceive us. Help us to recall the reality of your word that, that you instruct us and tell us that you're always there. You always have been and you always will be. Even when we find ourselves in the most difficult of situations, give us the strength to persevere. Because you're right there with us. And you've promised us that we'll make it to the other side. You've given us the reality, the truth. You are able to see us through. God, I ask this morning that we as a people would put our faith in you. We would trust in who you are what you are able to do, even when the darkness is dark around us.
the light shine bright in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.